I don't trust him. I don't trust anybody. How many times can you reveal a game that has already been revealed? How many chances do you get to make a first impression? Why is it so hard for pinball companies in 2021 who have a playbook that's been put in front of them for so many years? Why is it so difficult to reveal a pinball machine properly? It's not difficult. You make a game. You then give the game to someone to show it to the world in a way that brings all of your hard work to life. You get one chance to do it. One chance. And it's such a great moment for every pinball company to show their game to the world for the first time. We see how Stern Pinball does it. Look how Jersey Jack Pinball did it with Guns N' Roses. You have this great moment in which you pull back the curtain and you get people excited about your product. Now, let's talk about how this game was revealed to the world for the first time. And I think the easy thing to do, and I wanna dive a little bit deeper, I wanna think about this a little bit more intellectually than just saying, hey, look, it wasn't the greatest video footage of the game. And so Christian Line went to Cointaker and shot with a cell phone the first visuals of the alien machine after it was unboxed. We didn't see the box. We didn't see the unboxing. The game was already set up. Now, the first thing I want to say is this. The easy thing to do is insult the video itself. I mean, they didn't go wide. They were shooting it narrow, so it's got the black bars on the video. That's not the way you want to share video with the world for the first time. But my thing is, I don't blame the Super Awesome Pinball Show. I would have done the same thing. They were excited. Christian went there with his wife, and they shot the machine. You know, Cointaker would have let pretty much anyone who was at Cointaker come by and see the machine and film it with a cell phone. There is no way you're going to get really good coverage of any pinball machine shooting it over the shoulder using a cell phone it doesn't matter if you go wide it doesn't matter if you go vertical it doesn't matter because the whole thing is there's one way to really shoot a pinball machine and the streamers who do great videos they are the ones who should have been tapped on the shoulder to make the first reveal of the game so it's not saps's fault I mean, Franchi and Christian Line had a great exclusive, and I would have done the same thing. My point and my contention with how this game is being revealed falls solely on the shoulders of the Pinball Brothers, and it's what I've been saying for a while now. These gentlemen have no idea how to market this product on any level. The teaser campaign that they turned on on Facebook was really strange and awkward at first. Remember, it was like all these like obscure things. Then just overnight, it was just pictures of parts of the game. And it was just like the beast is back and they came on the air in December. And they keep using a podcast platform to show this game to the world for the first time. And that's the other part that continues to confuse me. It doesn't make sense to use a podcast to show people your game for the first time. And I get it's a great exclusive. It's great to get them on the airwaves talking about this, but they need to figure out the right medium by which to launch this game, by which to show people the game, by which to reveal the game. Look, I have the world's number one pinball podcast. If someone said to me, Chris, we want to reveal our pinball machine to the world using your podcast or using your media channel, I would tell them straight up, don't go to me. Go to straight down the middle. Go to Jack Danger. 
Go to people that can actually shoot your product to make it look the best. I'm not going to be able to do that. I mean, I have a podcast and I have a Facebook live show. Neither one of those, neither one of those is the right way to shoot this game. So why is it that the Pinball Brothers, after two years of working on this game, why is it that these gentlemen who are clearly smart, they've made money in other areas of business, how is it that they did not sit in a room and say, okay, the beast is back. The beast is done. We have a game going in a box to coin taker. How do we want to showcase the gameplay for the first time? What will be the world exclusive reveal of this title? How did they come to the conclusion that this was the way they were going to do it? They could have mailed that new in box alien anywhere in the world. Why didn't they mail that first alien to Jack Danger or to Zach Many? Why wouldn't they get it to the two streamers who really know how to capture great pinball footage? They easily could have sent the game to one of those two gentlemen. They easily could have got an amazing unboxing video. They easily could have got a tutorial and a walkthrough reveal of this game in the right fashion. Now that is still coming. Melissa over at Cointaker was writing on the comment section that they are going to do a more in-depth stream. But the point is this, that should come first. You just don't do it this way. And it gets to my larger issue with everything going on surrounding this game. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think they lack polish. I think they lack taste. And I mean, I think taste is probably, I think taste is a thing that I keep coming back to. I just don't think this company understands how to make this thing beautiful. I don't think they understand what people want. I don't think they really understand how much further the pinball industry has advanced since Andrew Highway showed this game to the world way back in 2015, 2016. A lot has changed in pinball. A lot of beautiful pinball packages have come out in the world. They had two years plus to make this game and to make it an even more enticing package to the pinball buyer. And I think they only went halfway. And I really do believe that I look at this game and it looks like they took one step forward, but two steps back. And here's what I mean by that. I think the step forward was fixing the mechanical issues with the game that Andrew Highway had. And I think they've fixed those for the most part. I haven't really seen the Xeno head working. They added the physical ball lock. They added the magnet. So the game works. Okay, the game now supposedly will work. Isn't it amazing that we're congratulating them on releasing a pinball machine that actually works? I mean, this is why it's kind of sad when I look at these failed boutiques over the years that we're now congratulating them that they finally released a multi-thousand dollar product that actually functions. Like we're giving companies credit for working products. Pretty sad, right, in the world of pinball. Okay, so that's the step forward. The thing works. The two steps back, and I see this every time I look at this game right now, the two steps they took back, I think they removed so many visual elements from the game that just make this package look underwhelming to me. The game looks beyond dated, and it's weird, right? How did they manage to make a game 
that looked more contemporary, that looked more modern. I mean, at least the highway package was a different package. They've now taken the game and they've put it into a standard wide body Bally Williams cabinet. The more I look at it, it really just looks like they dropped it inside a pinball cabinet from the mid 1990s. Go look at a Twilight Zone and then look at Alien. It looks like they just ported it over, but there's something about the way the whole thing looks that just lacks passion, it lacks soul, and it lacks creativity. Why is that side art on the cabinet? Just look at it. Look how flat it is. It lacks detail. It lacks any glossiness. It lacks any depth. And I'm really, really hoping that someone like Christopher Franchi, who's an incredible artist, put this game next to his games. Put this next to anything he's touched. And I can't imagine anyone with his artistic ability would look at that and say, you nailed it. They did not even ask Oric Lawson, who's an art director, for his point of view on this. I'm not sure who art directed this entire package, but when I look at it, just from an aesthetic standpoint, the entire thing feels dated. Dare I say it almost feels a little homebrew looking right now. How did they manage to do this? They had two years, and that's my point. If you're going to redo Andrew Highway's Alien Pinball Machine, do it right. Redo everything that needed fixing. Don't just go halfway. And they only address the mechanical stuff, which I understand from a pinball player's perspective, that's the most important thing. But they could have gone so much further. They could have released a game that made you say, wow. Instead, they released a game that really feels like they just wanted to cut as much out of it as they could to get production to be as cheap as they could just so they could get something out. And that is not what Alien as a theme deserves. This is one of the greatest pinball themes ever. Does it look like it's being designed with the most passion in mind? It's not. They could have easily brought in the right kind of artist, the right kind of art direction, and had someone go around that game and say, hey, we can't release Alien to the world looking like this. It just looks standard. It just looks like Waz Standard Edition. Why would you? After two and a half years of having a chance to redo Alien, why would you aim for the bottom level of trim? Why would you aim to make just the standard version you can? You should have aimed to make the game pop, the game sing, the game grab us emotionally. It just doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. And then you look at the back box area, and that's not an improvement for people. There's no way that smaller screen is better and more engaging and more fun than the larger 27 inch display that Highway Pinball had in the game. And something about it all, right? It just feels like they went backwards with the display, not forward with the display. There's nothing interesting or dynamic about the lighting in the back box. There's no more inner art lighting on this inside of the cabinet. There's no more lighting on the outside of the cabinet. It's just a huge, huge, huge step backwards. I just don't think the Pinball Brothers are qualified to be making the decisions on these kinds of things. Remember, these were just investors in Andrew Highway's company. They're not creative leads. This is not their thing. Marketing is not their thing. Aesthetics is not their thing. Art design is not their thing. This just feels like they're just doing the bare minimum to get the game back that now is mechanically fixed. Does it look more impressive to you? 
when you see this game, does it look like a step forward? I know I'm being harsh on this game right now. I know I'm being harsh on the Pinball Brothers, but this is alien, people. It just deserved better. And it really just does not look like a super enticing package. I look at the side art on the cabinet for a minute. Let's just look at that. Like, go look at pictures of it. How flat is that artwork? There's absolutely no depth in any of it. It just looks so, like, dated. It looks bad. I mean, I see better alien artwork on lunchboxes, on comic books, and now we're spending this much money on a pinball machine and they can't make it look more compelling than this. I make PowerPoint decks for clients with much more artistic design than this. I could get junior designers at my company to spend an hour to make it look better than that. So what did they do? Why did they mail it in like this? Now, I know people are saying, Kennedy, you should just be happy that this game is coming back, and I am. You should be happy that people who got burned on Highway Pinball have a chance to get an alien, and I am. And I'll say, like, look, having the option to get alien is fine. I have absolutely no problem with that. I am happy that they figured this out, that they're getting this game to market. But I have absolutely no desire to buy this game because I just am not compelled by this package at all. I think this thing is a step back, and I think it's a step in the wrong direction. I still think they can save it because everyone needs to remember that this is still just the pro version of the game. This is the base trim of Alien. They could save this game, and if I could ask Auric Lawson, Christopher Franchi, if you're still friends with the Pinball Brothers, please help them out here. This company is in desperate need of some art direction, and I think they need to hire a professional to help them figure out the LE package of the game. It needs a lot of work. It really does need a lot of work. Maybe the LE package can have a 27-inch screen. I don't think that's going to happen. I keep hearing people throw out, well, Brian Allen's amazing translate looked really awesome, and it did. Brian Allen's hand-drawn artwork looked incredible. But the problem is this. Brian Allen's art style is very specific, and to do it right, it doesn't look right when you use a different artist for different parts of the game, unless you design it that way from the ground up, but this won't work. That Illustrated Translate will look awkward if it doesn't have that level of illustration on the playfield or on the cabinet. But I really wish they would have thought this through better. I really do. You know, I couldn't help but laugh when I'm watching the first reveal video that Christian was filming as they're filming the game. Not only are they getting horrible reflection from the overhead lighting into the glass, in the background, I couldn't help but laugh, Dire Straits, Walk of Life is playing in the background while Alien is going in a, in a super bright lit room. I mean, that's the worst way to show this game. A super bright showroom with overhead lighting, Dire Straits playing in the background, Walk of Life, and everything is just short little snidbits. You don't even get to see the Alien Xeno head working. This this is how you bring the beast back after a two-year wait, after all of your hard work. I just think it's on them. I would have done the same thing if I were Franchi and Christian Line. I would have filmed it, you know, whatever, throw it up. But it's just amateur hour. And these gentlemen should not be operating like it's amateur hour. They get to see how all these other pinball companies reveal their products. And they get to see how you reveal a product when you have 
passion for it, when you really want it to be put into the world in the right way. So how can you watch this stuff and tell me the Pinball Brothers are super passionate about all this? This to me feels like the end of a very arduous journey for them. They seem fatigued. They seem tired by it all. The entire package, I think that's the best way for me to describe it. The entire package just feels fatigued to me. It feels like the end of a tired, arduous journey. And this is like, fine, we'll just get this version out. And we may never make money on it, but this is not putting everything we can into it. This is just getting something out the door. And it really is. And I think they need help from someone to get the LE package to be much more exciting than this. And I'll say this right now. I will always give free marketing advice to any pinball company who's out there. It's really easy. You shouldn't even have to call Canada. It's so simple how to launch a pinball product. But this is not how you do it. We also got an update from Christopher Franchi that his artwork will be appearing back on pinball machines. And that is a glorious thing. I have always said that Christopher Franchi has one of the best art styles imaginable for the world of pinball. His games look incredible. The Munsters, even though The Munsters is a horrible game because of the code, it won the best art package in pinball, and that game is stunning. I mean, put The Munsters next to Alien, and you tell me that I want to hear Christopher Franchi just go off on how ugly this Alien package is. That's all I want to hear from the Super Awesome Pinball Show. It's like, I get that you want to interview the Pinball Brothers. I get that you want these exclusives, but man, I miss the old Franchi that would see stuff like this and just go off on it because it's hideous. He knows it is. He know you think Franchi would ever give us an alien cabinet that looks like that? No. So he is going to be working with three pinball companies. He said that he is halfway through a project with Chicago Gaming Company. Now I'm almost 99% sure that the game he's working on with CGC is Ben Hex game with Chicago Gaming Company. So I expect to see that probably sometime maybe in 2021 or 2022. And he also might be helping out with some of the Cactus Canyon trims and stuff like that. He also said he'll be working with American Pinball on upcoming title or titles. That makes total sense. I mean, obviously David Fix and Franchi have a good relationship and American Pinball wants to start making two games a year versus Chicago Gaming Company. You know how long ago Monster Bash was revealed? Three years ago. So it is getting to the point now where if Christopher Franchi stays too much at CGC, he's just sitting on his hands over there. So it's much better for him to be with AP because they're going to start to get two games out a year. But then he also said he's working on another title with a major pinball manufacturer, but he can't reveal details yet. Now, that was really interesting because who's the major pinball manufacturer other than Stern Pinball? Is Jersey Jack a major pinball manufacturer? There really are only two in the world. It would only be Stern and JJP. Now that leads me to believe that I think he's going to be working on something with Joe Kamikow. They are great buddies. I would assume it's one of the big ones. Maybe it's Harry Potter. Maybe it's Back to the Future. Who knows what it is, but that's my guess. If it's not that, then Franchi would be working on Eric Minier's next game. Now that might also be a possibility because I do know that Christopher Franchi did hit up Eric Minier and discuss doing Guns N' Roses, but by the time that Franchi reached out to JJP, Eric had already found an artist for Guns N' Roses, and I think everyone's happy with the way the Guns N' Roses art package turned out, so I'm happy they went in that direction. 
The one thing though that I'm just like, as a marketer, and this is just my marketing point of view, I think that a pinball company's artist is a competitive advantage. Stern Pinball working with Zombie Yeti gives them a competitive advantage. It was amazing the halcyon days of old when Stern had Zombie Yeti and Christopher Franchi in-house. That's probably, you know, your two home run hitters going back to back to back was amazing period in pinball art. I don't get how someone like Franchi who has a very distinct style, I don't get how you can work on three different pinball companies at the same time. It just feels kind of strange to me that we would see that style and his unique style appearing on companies that are competing with each other. They really are. CGC and Stern hate each other. And American Pinball is trying to break through and steal market share from both of those companies. So if you're an artist in pinball, I think these companies need to lock in these artists exclusively for a period of time or a number of games. Like you're gonna do five games for us and in that contract, you can't do a game for another manufacturer. So we'll see how it all pans out. It could be funny if we get like three games from three different companies, all with Christopher Franchi artwork. Now on the flip side of it, I also think you need artistic variety. So the other news I broke last week is that Brian Eddy's title is next and Zombie Eddy is on the artwork. And Zombie Yeti is also probably doing Keith Elwin's Godzilla. How much Yeti is too much Yeti is too much Yeti. Zombie Yeti is amazing. I love his artwork. But I also don't want Yeti on everything at Stern. I don't want to see Zombie Yeti on three titles a year. That's just me. That's just me personally. I would love to see more artistic variety out in the world of pinball. I still think pinball machines are amazing canvases for artwork and for different styles of artwork. And I think we're still sort of stuck in like, this is the way you do it. You know, I'm not gonna complain when Zombie Yeti does an art package. I'm not gonna complain when Christopher Franchi does an art package. And you know, if you're American pinball, the one thing that's destroyed you is art. We'll see how this all plays out. I just want there to be really distinct looks, feels, and styles to these companies. I really do think that makes it more interesting. I just don't want like David Thiel to do all the sound everywhere or, or Zombietti and Christopher Franchi to be the only artists that we celebrate. I think there's a lot more opportunity for each company to think about their brand and think about how they're gonna bring their brand to market in a very distinct and unique way, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Canada with very little sleep. Baby Killian is keeping me up at night. I'm going back to work today for the first time in two weeks. We'll see how that works. I'm not going to the office. The office is my home. So you might get a little bit of like cranky Canada for a while. But some of you appreciate that, right? I mean, I'm raising a baby. I might act a little bit like a baby. They call it baby brain. You know, Brenda and I are like going through the apartment and you just forget stuff. You're going to get Canada a little bit cranky. Uh, the other thing is the Twippies are in two weeks. I haven't seen any teasers or marketing for it. Come on, Jeff, wake up. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's the sweet spot in pinball. It's actually happening in two weeks. We will find out who wins favorite pinball podcast, game of the year, all this stuff going on. Really looking forward to the Twippies in two weeks. I don't think we're going to see Stern's next game until early April. Brian Eddy, contemporary theme. And it's got Zombie Yeti on artwork. What do you think it is, people? What is it? I hope it's not Fast and the Furious. I really, uh, Brian Eddy likes cars. I hope it's not Fast and the Furious. I really hope it's The Mandalorian. Take my money now. You know, Brian Eddy, it's like because of Stranger Things, I think people are sleeping on this. You know, there's not a lot of hype or excitement for Brian Eddy's next game. That's incredible to me. 
This guy's made some of the best pinball ever, and we're not excited. We're not like, oh my God, what's it going to be? How many of you have called up your distributors and be like, put me on the list for the next Stern, Brian, Eddie, LE? Probably none of you. I'm telling you, I think Stern's got some aces up their sleeve this year. I think they're going to hit some home runs we did not expect. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh, and by the way, there's another $35,000 Pirates of the Caribbean for sale. Stupid. Nobody's buying it. It's just so the seller can get attention. It's fine. I would do the same thing. It's such a fun troll to price your product three times more than you spent on it and just see if anybody bites. Why not? You might as well do it. Oh, and the last point I'll make is this. I think everybody in that deep root thread needs to stop sticking up for J-Pop and Robert. Stop. Stop it. Let's see if they can get the game made. But when people start attacking Ben Heck in a deep root thread, that's where I draw the line. Ben Heck is a maker. Ben Heck designed every element of America's Most Haunted and got it to market and got 150 games to customers. J-Pop never did that. So let's stop with the shenanigans. Right now, Deep Root has everything to prove to us. Right now, Ben Heck has nothing to prove to us. Ben Heck has spent decades, decades building stuff and getting the respect far beyond just the pinball community. So those of you who are talking smack to Ben Heck in that Deep Root thread, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Bow down to Mr. Ben Heck. Because all these gentlemen talking crap, they don't know how to make stuff. Robert's not a maker. He didn't design a factory ever in his life. He's never made a product or brought a product out into the world. He has to pay somebody to do that. And that's when you don't know what you're doing. Ben Heck knows how to make stuff. This is how you make stuff. You roll up your sleeves, you spend years figuring it out, and you get products to market. We'll see if Deep Root can do it. But every week that goes by, I bet they're uncovering more hurdles to getting Raza into production than less hurdles. Peace out, Canada 564, is it? Yeah, best podcast ever, huh? Uh, before we dock, I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. <laughs>